My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. Hey, thanks for joining in the fun. Welcome to our entertainment review where we take on, well, of course, entertainment in the most entertaining fashion, right? And the most entertaining news and the most entertaining people. I connected with our first guest today at a broadcasting convention. There was a get-together hosted by someone that can change your perspective on Hollywood. You think Hollywood's jaded, Hollywood just has, they're all in it for me. And then you have Jen Gatz, who uh, is the star of the- Jen Gatson. Gatson, forgive me. Jen Gatson, who is the star of Farmer and the Bell, and she is the most beautiful soul on the planet. And then I met another man who is a- beautiful gorgeous soul and he's the writer of that film he's a screen he is a musician i found out from from his webpage and what a blessing to get to know you bob says thank you for joining us hi all right thank you Thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Your journey. So, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your journey as a screenwriter. You have an ability to make a story come alive in a real way, in a way that's relatable, in a way that brings levels. It's there's an art to screenwriting. There's an art to painting, and you it, have it's, that. It's, it's more of a craft than it is an art. I think it How can so? be an art after it's after the film is made. Okay, but oh. it's a real craft. You have to. It's something you have to study, and something you have to learn, and something you have to that you have to work on as a writer because it's probably the single hardest writing discipline to do because you can only write what can be seen and heard. You can't write anybody's thoughts or intentions or anything like that, that like that you can when you write prose, when you write a novel. Hmm. So you're, you're limited in, in the scope of what you can write. You can, right now I'm adapting a million selling novel for one of the streamers. And I have to take a 350 page book and with filled with intentions and thoughts of the characters and turn it into a 110 page script. Wow. Good luck with that. But the, as they say, <laughs> a picture's worth a thousand words. So you can say so much, but what I see in a, a good writer, screenwriter like you is painting beyond what so taking the that picture that paints a thousand words, but it also seems to paint uh, a lot of emotions, a lot of underlining things that are going on. And that's what I mean by the layers of the craft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there are layers. You do actually, you do actually look for those layers and you do actually build those layers as you write uh, any kind of, of movie that you want getting a movie made is a miracle okay getting any movie made is a miracle getting a good movie made is the second miracle so good movies are two <laughs> miracle movies <laughs> and, and so what what so when you try and craft a, a good script you do try and you're good i'm glad you recognize that because a lot of people don't and that you do layer things in the movie that 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 are going to bring out emotions and okay. bring out feelings you say people, from the audience. You say people don't notice it, and yes, that that may be true, but I think they sense it. I think you, I, when you're not watching, you're watching an overly simplistic movie, or you're watching a, a movie that just it doesn't line up with reality. There's something missing. It's it's like life. There's something missing if you don't have a depth, if you don't have real love, if you're just walking around just existing. It's, it's, I think part of it is that, that you can, you, it's the movies 
that strive to bring emotion or bring feelings out to you instead of using the story to bring those feelings out that they're looking to do that rather than to use the storytelling to evoke those things in an audience the a lot of writers don't a lot of screenwriters when they first get started or when they're trying to learn the craft have to learn the fact that when you write a book it's first person or third person it's either i did this or he did this but in that's the point of view but when you're a screenwriter your point of view is the audience and if you don't take that into account how is the audience going to react to this is the audience going to believe this character is doing this based on what their perception of the character already is is the audience going to is the audience going to feel empathy or anger or are they going to laugh because based on what these characters are doing and why they're doing them and you have to have that in mind all the time as you write a story for the screen and there's a lot of people that there's a lot of filmmakers that that still don't understand that it's not their point of view that's important it's the audience's point of view and something else that I've appreciated in good screenwriting and I see it in you is taking that story and implanting welcoming the audience's imagination. I think that uh, any filmmaker has a hard time competing with the imagination. You, no matter how big your budget, you can't beat what I can imagine in my head. And I would say that you have the ability to go beyond what we're going on screen. And this is this brings that depth. And I'm getting to get to why that's so important right now in just a moment. But when you bring that depth, not only what I see on the screen, but what I can imagine in my head, then you've employed something that a big budget can't right no it's true and you and the fact is that you have to and you have to do all those things as a writer you have to do all those things while thinking about what the budget is because when you're working with producers they have a finite amount of money of what they can spend on a film and there's only six places that can spend by a big budget film six that's it and three of them aren't buying anything right now. Disney and Fox and, and well, Disney, Fox owns Disney, or Disney owns Fox. But there's Ed Warner Brothers. They're not buying any scripts now. So there are very few places to get a big budget film. So if you want to be a screenwriter and you want to break into the business, you, you have to write $1 million to $5 million budgeted scripts in order to get attention from the producers that can afford to make those kinds of movies. So yeah, you have to be able to you have to be able to evoke the make write those kinds of stories that evoke those kinds of things and layer them and do all those things and still keep in mind that you've only got a finite amount of money that these producers only have a finite amount of money to make them. And I think is glorious about that is it has to breed innovation. You're a musician oh, yeah. and in in music you talk about there's six places that you can get big budget films. Were those six music writers in the world that the 85, 90% of the new music that's out there, there's not a lot of innovation. I mean, back in the day, I have to do this with playing just, it's so, I, I have to bring this in. I say Bob's a musician and a musician he is. Can I just play a little snippet of music? That you've done, yes. do you mind? Yeah, this is. Yes, indeed. So this is this is what I'm talking about. Back in the day when music well, that, like this that, was made. That band. <laughs> that band is a band that I was in for over 10 years called the B-Sides. And what we played, and we played, we basically played street fairs and auto shows and, and big venues. We played all 60s rock and roll. There you go. When and, there was uh, a lot of innovation, when 
people would do weird, wonky, cool things with instruments and in the recording studio. And now everything's modulated and, and compressed. You don't have the differing sounds. And that's unfortunate. I would say even to a degree in movies that we see a lot of the same thing. Everybody's making hero movies and yeah, superhero well, movies. Uh, yeah. And everybody's going to see them. And when they stop yeah, going true. to see them, they'll stop making them. And that's the thing that, that there's an audience for those superhero movies. There's an audience for those Marvel and movies. And that's fine. I love them. I, I do love a good superhero movie. I'm a little geeky that way. All right. And that's great. I'm glad you love them. One of my very best friends is an executive at Marvel. Oh, let and, him know. Uh, He's Marvel's yeah. got, got it right to a degree. And that's more of where there's layers in reality. Marvel, as opposed to what we've seen in the DC fail, I would say the biggest, and maybe not an epic fail, but Marvel gets it right because they, they bring layers of reality. Wonder Woman, there's no faults to her. You can't relate to her. But Thor, God of Thunder, he gets it wrong sometimes. We've seen him with the dad bod. <laughs> It's relatable, and, and and that's where that innovation comes in. As yes. you were saying, maybe not the six major big budget films, but out there, people are hungering for something different. Absolutely. And the big, would you say that the big, the big six are a little trepidatious in trying something new rather than going? Oh no, with no, the they're perfect. they're scared to death to try anything new because the, the, they don't want to commit to something if it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, it, 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 their, their, their failure, failures are mammoth. Look at Disney and A Wrinkle in Time, okay? One of my favorite books ever. I read it to my children. It's just a brilliant, wonderful book. And they took it and they destroyed it. It wasn't even the book that I read to my kids. And they thought, this is going to be a hit. And it wasn't. It was a titanic failure and uh, instead of learning maybe we should we should look at the why books sell as much as they do and try and stick to what the book said they <laughs> took it as we we shouldn't be making anything new we should go back to making uh, uh, lion king seven and it's a it's a problem and it but it's not a problem what is interesting is that the innovators now are a lot of the streamers and the, the, the HBO and, and, and to some extent, Amazon and to, uh, and some of the other, I even, I give, I give a lot of credit to PureFlix for, for yeah. starting to start spreading their wings out now with their association with Sony now, they're starting to spread their wings and doing some real, and there's some really interesting things coming from them in the future. And it's exciting and it's cool. And so I, I, writers like me and, and other writers that I know have stopped looking at the studios and started thinking, this is how I can innovate and do things by doing things with producers that are working with the streamers. Yeah, and you mentioned PureFlix. The good thing about- I'm writing something for them right now. Oh, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. The The great thing about PureFlix to me, you cannot write about something, as you mentioned, that you don't know. You, you just, you can't get the depths of reality. Now, when Hollywood well, tries to do Noah and they have giant rock monsters, then you're like, I don't remember that in the Bible. They well, don't get fake the, the, films. Because they don't have, the, if you're writing a Christian-based story, and I do not story, Christian-based, biblical, because I, I believe the Bible is true. If you're writing Christian biblical things and you don't come from a Christian base, you're going to put rock monsters in it because you don't, it's not what you, it doesn't come from what you 
your beliefs and your your uh, what your faith but so that's what's going to happen but if you I, I did you see church people no i didn't see church people <laughs> Yeah, I wrote I'm church sorry. people. I'm sorry. I have yet to see church people, but I hear good things about it. I okay. hear that it's it a, is. It's, a, it's something that 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 Thor Ramsey and uh, who's a Christian comedian, yes, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Stephen Baldwin put together. And uh, Stephen's a good friend. And Thor wrote a script, and I did the rewrite on it. And it's a funny movie, and it's a straight-out Christian comedy. And I think part of what, sorry about that, part of what's happening in that world now is that there's a spreading out of, of that, too, and, and that there's going to be more innovation in, in, in Christian filmmaking. Uh, the Skit Guys have their new movie coming out. Family camp, and it looks great. That looks funny too. I and you because you get it now. I'm if you don't mind, I'm going to play the trailer to church people because that's all I've gotten to see. But from the trailer, I was like, okay, uh, he gets it. (laughs) Because if you ever been in church, y'all, you've gone to church with one of these people. I'm just saying, and it's funny. Let you. I'll let you look at the trailer, and then we'll talk a little bit. About okay. It. If we broke attendance records, I get the church logo tattooed on my arm. Skip, remember back when we first started? All we did was preach the gospel. Ooh, Superman works. I like Superman. Guy, what do you think? What happened to you? Me? Your dad is the one with the gimmicks. The power of the Holy Spirit propels us. I just went to church to get back to the gospel. Problem is you're trying to get your message across. Uh, the gospel. And ain't nobody listening to that. Man. A good Friday <laughs> and Easter. I need something big. Amen. Bigger than the resurrection. <laughs> Bigger than anything we've ever done. National headlines. Preach on the death and resurrection of Jesus. Bam. An actual crucifixion. Uh-oh. By placing the nails through your palms in the right place, we hope to avoid major nerve damage. Oh. Operation Stop Skip is a go. That's awesome. You have to cancel this Good Friday stunt. Don't be so dramatic, honey. Ooh, I like the rusty ones. <laughs> yeah, having some fun with with church people and... Trends it's, that we can all relate to, but making it relate. It's about a mega church that's lost its way. The, where the presentation is more becomes more important than the message. And about getting back to that. And the ending scenes are pretty powerful about getting back to the message. But getting there is pretty and what we wanted to do is we wanted to make a movie that wasn't faith-based, but faith-adjacent. And the oh, difference between the yes. two are faith-based preaches to the choir and that people love them and they go to them and that's great. And I think that's fine. But I like faith-adjacent movies because they can bring in people who are not believers because they're interesting or funny or have a good story. And they can't like Farmer in the Bell. Yeah. Farmer and the Bell is a perfect example of a faith adjacent film. And, and what they are is they can bring people in to watch them that aren't believers. And as they're leaving, there's that seed of what is that? And that's it's uh, the salt that it talks about in the Bible. Oh, put it, it is like this show. My Michelle Live, our podcast, look for the God story. If there's a God out there, what's he doing in all this? And what does he ask of us? Is there something we well, there can see? There is a God it? out there. And, yes, and, there <laughs> is. And, and that's yeah. why we find it every episode. But it's not about preaching to the choir. It's about uh, getting out there, asking the questions, 
talking about real life, because all of us have that God-shaped hole in us, and we all ask those questions. So hey, let's see. Thank you for saying that, because I believe that completely. I believe that the God-shaped hole thing. I do. I believe it completely. Yeah, and we all ask those questions from time to time. So where do you go for answers? And if you are looking for answers and you go somewhere that speaks a language you don't understand, you're not going to get answers. So sometimes you have to reach people where they're at. I I work in the secular film world. I've written movies for Hallmark. I've written movies, extracurricular activities behind me. It is a very dark comedy thriller that came out two years ago it was in the theaters i've written all kinds of movies i not just faith-based movies or not just faith adjacent movies but i've written all kinds of things for lifetime and for some of the streamers and i get people who do come to me and say how can you be a christian and write for for secular films and i my answer is always what do you do for a living um, <laughs> you're not a preacher or a choir director. You might want to rethink you know, that question, honey. <laughs> are, are are solid, and but there are. I'm a screenwriter. That's my job, and I. It's just like who's if there's a person who's a plumber doesn't say what do you believe before they come and fix your water heater. <laughs> I only so, fix water heaters at churches. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I get where you're coming from and I applaud it. I think it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's, it's really kind of evangelism. And I think in its own way, and I, and I applaud that. You mentioned Farmer and the Bell and boy, what a film that is. It is indicative of a new passion in recent years. And that's the Hallmark-esque films. I, I was in uh, Podunkville, Iowa. I apologize to Iowa. Every state has their own Podunkville. All right. I was there for some political thing, covering it for media. And there is nothing to do but eat really good food. They had good food in Iowa and watch television. And that's where I first came across one of the films that, that you wrote, Help for the Holidays. Oh, somebody else. Oh, that's interesting. Hello, Karen. Will can I check in with you in about three five minutes? All right. Thank you. Sorry about that. No, no problem. Yes, that's just my day today. That's the way my. Don't day worry is. about it. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> I appreciate you. There we go. Stuff stuff happens. Stuff does. Farmer and the Bell. I I watched Help for the Holidays. I love the Thank writing you. on that. that. That's one of my that's one of my personal favorite movies that I've written. It's in fact, it was probably the most beloved of the 2012 Hallmark films that came out that year. And yes. I think it's one of the reasons why Hallmark has gone over the top. I mean, and no one can, everyone's trying to make Hallmark movies, but they're just, they're, they're just not often the same. They're missing something. What is it? Oh, I, I don't think that, I think Lifetime is, is I did a, a movie for Lifetime last year called uh, called the Christmas Yule Blog, and uh, and they were the, and it, it's a good movie and it's got a lot of great things to say. When they allowed me to do, they allowed me to put some faith stuff in it more than life than more than Hallmark has allowed me. That's to put great. Faith stuff That's in. really good. And and see, there's others. I, I'm not dissing others because. They're doing uh, Hallmark their own started thing. this whole thing, and it was such a huge success that other people Heck now yeah. are. Netflix wants Christmas movies, and Amazon wants Christmas movies, and Hulu wants Christmas movies, and uh, and they do. And uh, there's a new and uh, I did a movie last year for GAC Family, which is uh, some of the people that used to run Hallmark. Ah, uh, yeah, and. It's called a Christmas Star. Okay. And it, it's on Amazon Prime now, and it was 
It was a great experience to do that with them. There's and something again, wholesome they and fun. Some faith-based stuff in it. Wholesome, fun. It just it lifts the, these lift your spirit. And our yes. final uh, minute together here, I want to play part of the trailer of Farmer and the Christmas. Bell. It starts with a little boy. I just want the Christmas spirit back in my family. A little wish. I have an emergency that needs some personal attention. And a that is help. not Farmer and the Bell, She's but this the is oh, yet help for the holidays. Christmas. Thank you so much. <laughs> Eva LaRue in one of the 12 new movies of Christmas. Help for the holidays. Yeah, that's a great one. So I'm glad I played the trailer for that because uh, you all, you'll want to see that one as well. But I hear there's a part two coming out, a sequel to Farmer and the Bird. Let's look at this. movie boy it's one of those days today that's okay so santa uh, farmer and the bells finding santa land a real fun film has some great acting in it jen godson had a vision jen godson had a vision for this movie jen's vision was that that little girls get bombarded with the message that physical beauty is more important than internal beauty and understanding yourself as a human being and being satisfied with who you are inside. And her vision was to tell a funny, interesting story, but to still instill that message in it. And it was a, it was a, it was a real labor of love for me to be able to take that what she wanted and and build it into the kind of story that that she envisioned and it it's been a massive success it's a romp and it's fun and it's i i mentioned the hallmark movies because it's everything hallmark does and more and it was so well done a lot Thank of you. us have looked at uh, films that are either faith films or as you mentioned faith adjacent films and going okay what can i expect this is you have to watch it and it's now a family favorite for ours i'm so glad you came back so we'll look at the real trailer that your grandma gave you yep it's got things on it true beauty is here so what do you want to be when you grow up my mother says I could be a fashion model, but maybe I could be a farmer too. You're beautiful, Belle. <laughs> Bye, Belle. Don't forget to ride. Ten pals forever. Connect with the horse. Did you find anything else for me? Nature's beauty. Adult diapers. <laughs> oh, this is... A- when, I, when I wrote the adult diaper thing... Jen called me and said, and and just howled with laughter. She said, oh my goodness. I said, yeah, we have to get her into a position where she's just at the bottom of where she thinks that she's at the bottom of where she can go so we can lift her back up and, but lift her back up uh, in the right way. And, and it was, again, that film and, Jen and her husband, Jim, who produced it, are just magnificent human beings. Yeah, you can't find people who are more beautiful in and out than Jen No, Jen and I have been friends. (laughs) Truthfully, we've known each other for 25 plus Uh years. And she is a unique, (laughs) funny interesting talented human being and i am a better person for knowing her. and you are as well uh, i sat down with you at a national religious broadcasting convention and i just thought this is someone i cannot wait to connect with you you are an absolute delight and i'm well, so let's glad do this again sometime i would love to do that thank you real quickly before i let you go What's up in the future for our friend Bob? What are you I'm a, a farmer in the bell too is up in the future. I'm pretty sure of. 
it's not written in stone yet, but it's pretty close. And that's great because there's a lot of, there's millions of Farmer the Bell fans out there. So I'm very happy about that. And I'm adapting a book for Pure Flix right now that I'm not quite ready to talk about yet because okay. they, they haven't announced it yet. And All I want right. to give that, they need to have that ability to announce it rather than me. And then we'll talk but, about uh, it, right? But people are going to be pretty excited about this one. This is going to be pretty great. It's, I will tell you it's a six book series and uh, I'm doing the first book and hopefully I'll get to do the rest of them. It's pretty cool. And then Stephen Baldwin and I, I think, are going to do another movie. That would be great. I have nothing but respect for that, man. Bob says, thank you very much for joining me today. It has been a lot of fun. You are such a blessing to me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Do I get to, do I, do I get to, to hawk my book? Hawk your book. Hawk it all the way. If you, if you want to be a screenwriter. Yes. I have written a book called That's Not the Way It Works, a no-nonsense guide to the craft and business of screenwriting. It's a very popular book. It's on Amazon. It's on, it's in Barnes and Noble. It's everywhere you want to have books. It's, it is the only book on the market that not only tells you about the ins and outs and nuts and bolts of how to write a script, but it's the only book on the market that tells you what to do after you wrote, you've written. <laughs> Thank you very much. And as you said, we have a, a big open market now. People are, things are changing and people want something new. That's where that book will come in handy. We'll put a link on my Michelle live. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. I appreciate it. And Michelle, what a pleasure to be with you. You're, you are delightful. And to be honest with you, I do a lot of these interviews and I got questions from you I've never gotten from anybody else, which tells me that I'd like to do this again. Bless your heart. I, I would be so blessed. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. As we continue with our entertainment review today, I'm joined by my friend, Paul AC. We don't always get to connect, but when we do, oh, it's so much fun. You are such a blessing, my friend. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I, I love coming on this show. I love it. Me love too. It. Me too. I love it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking movies, entertainment today. Before we get to movies, though, there's a few little entertainment news stories that I, I wanted to bring out. This, one, this is cool if you follow uh, American Idol at all. Have you seen this guy? No, I have not. So... This kid is from Luke Bryan. Um, he is from American Idol, but he's a Liberty University student. This is down, what he sounds down like. In the flames went what? And it burns, burns the ring of fire. That is literally his voice. Are you freaking kidding me? It's just amazing. <laughs> Seriously. Fire. Ring, Ring of fire. fire. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's an amazing voice, but as as a student of a Christian university, moving on in American Idol, he says he wants to give all glory to God. And I'm sorry, it's Luke Taylor is, is his name. Just a, an amazing voice. It's cool because you keep hearing it's as though christians don't exist or people of faith don't exist but they keep popping up all over the place listen to this kid now the preacher's been drinking but it's hard i just think he's he's a precious soul so it's going to be fun in the entertainment realm interestingly enough just to give you a little more insight another Liberty University story popped up in the entertainment world, really in the sports realm. Liberty has a sponsored car and they have a driver. This is a Christian university, William Bryan. And he says, hey, yeah, I'm pretty proud to represent them. So I thought those were some real fun news stories from the entertainment realm. Something else, Paul, though, before we get to movies, as we were talking about this kid and, and he's like the new Josh Turner or something. <laughs> 
This is um, Billie Eilish. She's going to be, she's in, on a tour. She's going to be in my neck of the woods. You do a review there at Plugged In on her music. You do music. You do YouTube videos. You do books, uh, games, movies. I love this, and I just wanted this, my final news story before we get into the movies. She's doing this tour. This is the picture. And her tour, tour is happier than ever. If you are listening, <laughs> if that is what happier than ever looks like, like we like to say on my Michelle Live, check your worldview, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, you know, it's, a, it's a tough world out there. Sometimes you just shoot for what you can. That, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So I might have, I'm introspective as ever. Maybe that would have been a better name for, for the tour. Yeah. I'm not so sure. But uh, now that we've gotten some news out of the way, let's talk movies. What's out this week that we can look forward to or at least talk about? It's a slow week, actually, at the movies. I think people are still taking a big, deep breath from Batman. They're getting geared up for the Morbius movie that's coming up pretty soon. This week we have, it actually feels like a throwback. And I'm not sure if you remember the, the film Romancing the Stone. Yes, I do. Way, way back in the 1980s. We have a movie that it feels a lot like that. It's called The Lost City. It stars Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. It's the Sandra Bullock character, Loretta. She is actually a romance writer who is done with romance. She's just done with it. So she is not going to write any more books, she says. she's She doesn't have any romance left in her soul. Her husband died. So she's just finished. But she's got this one last book tour to do, which I'm sure you'll be very familiar with soon. It is one of those tours that she doesn't want to do, she has to do these appearances with her cover model. Channing Tatum plays uh, Alan, who has been the cover model on all of her romances. And it seems that on most of the stops of the tour, most people come to see Alan, who they call <laughs> Dash, because that's the character in her book, more than they want to see Loretta. She's, she's done with that as well. But then this fan comes up, really wants to talk with her, and wants to talk with her so bad that she is kidnapped and swept off to this admittedly very pretty island. And the fan wants her to help him find a hidden treasure that she mentioned in one of her. Is it a gem that's shaped El Corazon? No, no. <laughs> if only. No, it is called the Crown of Fire. The okay. Crown of Fire. So. Uh, the, the fan thinks it has something to do with rubies or whatever. And uh, so he's very excited about finding this because, of course, on this island, there's a volcano that is about to. So they have to discover this treasure before the, the volcano explodes. Loretta says that she really doesn't want to help him, but the fan insists on pain of death. <laughs> the only person who can rescue Loretta is apparently... Her cover model. Alan swoops to the rescue, trying to be all Fabio and, and tries to, to rescue Loretta. And that's where the story picks up. It's it is an interesting movie. It feels light, it's romantic, it's funny. Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum have nice chemistry. And it feels like this should have been a cleaner movie. It feels like there was a clean, nice PG-13 family-friendly movie that was trying to come out. But because some of the dialogue gets a little bit tawdry, because we do see Channing Tatum's backside covered with leeches, because of a really crazy scene of violence, which feels more, more suitable for an R-rated movie, this was much harsher than it really needed to be. Okay, so keep that in mind for families, but uh, for adults, it sounds like it might be a fun romp. It, it is a fun romp if you can deal with the sexual innuendos, the double entendres. 
it gets pretty crass. So it really depends on, I'd say, the couple. It can be a fun date night. I would, honestly, I'd probably feel a little bit uncomfortable taking my wife to see it. And not just because of Channing Tatum's rear, which, you know, that could be troubling, but <laughs> but there could be, you know, some other issues that, that might be involved as well. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I think Sandra Bullock and uh, Chatham, Chatham is having, you say the chemistry, um, they are both seem like really cool people. They just do. I I know it's all Hollywood and it's all acting, but they just seem like cool people. And so you can imagine that chemistry would be interesting. It is, it does sound like romancing the stone meets Joe versus the volcano or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as we were just talking with Bob says a screenwriter, he, he mentioned that there's six major filmmaking companies that have these big budgets and they are not really keen on doing something new. They're not keen on trying something new. They've got to somehow regurgitate something that's already worked because there's a lot of money on the line. So uh, this might, to me, might be a good compromise in that. It is a story that we've seen before. It's been done, but we have a new twist at least. They're not calling it the same thing. They're putting some new twists and turns and we've talked about it a lot. Let's uh, watch the trailer. What is this? Taken? Am I taken? <laughs> Alan? I'm here to save you. <laughs> she has the key to finding the lost treasure. After them! I am driving. Oh! 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 What is this? Just pick it and fling it. pick it and fling it! Don't make that sound. <laughs> getting you out of here why are you so handsome my dad was a weatherman the lost city march 25th <laughs> it does look fun i'm not gonna lie it does look a little bit fun <laughs> well, and brad pitt he is a fun character in this and, and yeah you know you have you have they do seem like really likable people don't they channing Tatum got his start in, in magic mike which from a plugged in point of view definitely has its issues <laughs> yeah thank but but <laughs> He has been in some fun movies. I just saw him in uh, Dog, which is a really yes. fairly interesting movie. It's a, it's sweet. It's funny. Don't he forget has- about this movie with the dog, people, because you're going, oh, it's a slow week. If you haven't seen it, it's charming. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It, it has, again, some issues for families, to be sure. But I think it does show his ability to be a comic actor. Neither he nor Sandra Bullock take themselves very seriously. And I think that's always gratifying to see on screen because (laughs) these people, they're Hollywood types. They're beautiful people. So when they are willing to make fun of themselves, I think it makes it relatable. It it makes it a funner movie. It sure does. I like that. So we'll see how that goes. And yes, you can see the movie with the dog. Uh, that might be well worth a scene. And, and didn't Chainham Tanning uh, disappear for a little while off of the Hollywood scene altogether and just say, I'm done with movies. And now he's making this nice reappearance. You know, he, I do not recall whether he has vanished for a time. He seems like he's I know he's older than this, but he seems like he's like 25. So he can't have had a long career. The thing about him, honestly, and and I always worry a little bit as we do interviews like this, it seems like he has two first names, right? Sometimes I think, (laughs) is it Channing Tatum? Is it Tatum Channing? Sometimes I get them a little mixed up. Yeah, I do that too. I think I've probably done that in this interview. (laughs) Awkward moment. That guy. At any rate, if we ever meet face-to-face, I'll be embarrassed then. Anything else that's out there as we look at uh, movies that we might want to check out this weekend? You're looking right now, if you're watching this at My Michelle Live or any of our outlets, a plugged-in page where you can see movies that are currently out. You can see movies that are streaming. And you can even do a little search for movies from days gone by. 
Days gone by. Yes, we have literally thousands upon thousands of movie reviews, for sure. The other one that, that is out this week that might be of interest to some people, it is rated R, but The Infinite Storm stars Naomi Watts. It's, a, it's essentially a survival movie about this woman who does a little hike. She does this hike quite frequently. It's her form of therapy to get up into the mountains, but a storm hits. And as she realizes, I really need to get down before I die, she hears this call in the distance. And there's a guy sitting on the le a ledge with just a light jacket and shorts and what? sneakers. And she realizes that if she doesn't rescue this guy, he is going to die up there. So it becomes uh, sort of their, the story of their trip down the mountain. It's really <laughs> fascinating in some ways. It's uh, definitely a survival pick, okay. but there's more going on to it. And it's too bad that they just had a little bit of language here because otherwise it could have uh, landed in PG-13 territory, I think, without the language. Well, hello. There you go. I had not heard of that film, to be honest, uh, until I looked up on the Plugged In site, which, by the way, is a pretty good resource if you're going, okay, what should we watch this week? And it, it can give you a little bit of insight infinite storm there is an anime movie that's on your jujitsu kazen oh whatever yeah i <laughs> there's that and, interesting it's always interesting this this is a movie that 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 landed without any fanfare oftentimes it's an anime movie and and these anime properties have hugely rabid fan bases. They're much larger than you would think. In some ways, I, I compare them to the Christian movie world. Not a lot of people would necessarily have heard of The Chosen if they're not Christian. But people who are in the know know that it's a really good show. And it's a lot of the, it's the same thing with a lot of these anime properties. This is not something that most people will have heard of, but people who know Jujutsu Kaisen will oh, really he just rolls know this. off They're his tongue so like like Chanum Tanning, Tatum, Chanum, Chanum, Tatum, Channing. Yeah, it rolls yeah. off his tongue. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's it's hard when you're saying. I'm glad that I spend most of my time just writing because at least I can see how to spell it. You, know? <laughs> you don't have to be an apology. You're just trying to make me feel better, but it's okay. It's part of my charm. Another, let's finish up on the jiu-jitsu thing. Worth a see? Is it good for families? Is Anime is a mixed bag. Anime is a mixed bag, and you're going to find some violence in this for sure. The nice thing about this particular movie, it, it is based on, it's a prequel to, to a long-running television series. Fans of the series will be able to hop right in and understand what's going on. But this is one of those rare anime movies that doesn't require necessarily you to do a lot of research to figure out what to do with this. It is Essentially, it's, it involves these high school kids who are dealing with curses living curses the the main star of the main uh, protagonist for the movie he is actually cursed himself he has a 10 year old girl who back when they were both kids swore that they were going to be together forever immediately the 10 year old girl died and she decides to keep her promise by melding with him and he, she's very protective. And so anytime someone seems to threaten this guy, she kills them. So that tells you we okay, have some spiritual dark. issues going on yeah. that you're going to need to juggle through. You're going to have some violence and some gory moments to mm. deal with. It is all animated. So for some, that's that helps. For me, it does not, actually. <laughs> I find that, that animated gore can be almost more troubling than the live action gore that we see. Yeah, we normalize it for kids. So now, and you can get more of a, a long review at pluggedin.com. You can find the link at My Michelle Live. Finally, I finally got the chance to see this film, Turning Red. 
It's uh, Pixar. Everyone loves Pixar. Pixar always seems to just knock it out of the park or at least get a nice solid double. This was the first Pixar film that I just didn't want to watch. Now, it's not saying that I didn't try. <clears throat> Sat down. We turned it on. Oh, okay. Turning red. It's Pixar. It's Pixar. Come on. Even the worst Pixar is better than most things out there, right? And there's a lot of folks who love turning red, but I could not make it through. Sorry. Five minutes. It was literally five minutes. I was like, yeah, it's, it did not capture me. It didn't make me go, oh, I want to see more of this. It had no hook. It was the, the lead character, this little girl was obnoxious, shrill, annoying. Uh, and I know that may be in the story that can come into play, but I just couldn't take it. And from reading more of the story, as I understand it, it doesn't get, she doesn't get much better. In fact, there are some family elements I'm going to have you weigh in on. But I have a theory that we talk about on this show, Paul, that it, it does, you can have disturbing nature, even violence and problematic situations, things that are disturbing or hurtful, depressing even. Those can happen in films. They happen in life. But in order for it to be a winner in my book, I want to see the redemptive message way outweigh what we're seeing on film that's disturbing. And I don't know that comes into play. Let's talk about Turning Red from your point of view. Yeah, I, I would have to say I did watch the whole thing because I was reviewing it. And I found it to be disappointing, not a horrible movie by any means. I think that it was fun in places. But as you say, Michelle, we're used to bigger things from Pixar. Pixar has been behind some of my very favorite movies over the last 10, 15 years. Up, I thought, was brilliant. Inside Out was beautiful. It is always really it has always tried to reach for deeper meaning, deeper purpose, lessons, and it wraps it all up in, in these beautiful, emotionally resonant packages. Turning Red felt like a kid's movie, and it felt like it took an easy way out. Pixar movies have dealt with grief. They've dealt with some really unsexy topics, really, like duty and sacrifice and all this mm -hmm. sort of stuff mm -hmm. that, that you have to deal with as adults and this one was more be true to yourself be you're gonna have to push back against your parents and rebel you're gonna have to you have these elements that i think were disappointing because they didn't go deeper the the main character she is just turning 13 she is going through a great many changes in her life, as many people going through adolescence do. But one of her changes is that she goes, she turns into a giant panda. And, I hate it when that happens. And as through I've said. this, she finds that uh, she's clashing with her mother more often. We've seen this from Pixar before. I, I think in some ways, I, I always go back to the movie Brave, which had the same theme you had this girl yeah. and her mother that Love were that. clashing between independence and, and it was a great movie it's actually one of the for pixar movies it's one of the lesser thought of ones but i, I thought it dealt with the very same messages that turning red does in a much more profound exactly in fact merida the main character in brave is a better Disney princess than Disney has put out. I just love that film, and I love the family dynamics, the importance of parents and parental guidance, and even pa the parents growing up a bit yeah. in that film and appreciating. But that kind of coming together, that's not what I'm getting from Turning no. Red. No, it, it really isn't. It's... It, I have compared it to Brave. I've also compared it to a Disney movie called Encanto, which I okay. really enjoy. Okay. Yeah, uh, that that's... also deals with a lot of family dynamics. And both of these movies deal with uh, the pressure that families can sometimes put on us. And as we grow up, as we try to push into our who we are outside of our moms and dads, 
What does that look like? Those tensions are things that everybody goes through. But while Encanto did it all within the context of the family, um, Turning Red, it felt like to me, did it all within the context of the main character, May. She was going to do what she wanted. And the, and the movie ends on that note. Like, this 13-year-old girl is going to do what she wants, and the mom better get used to it. And when you think about all the trouble that 13-year-olds can get into these days, and the idea that 13-year-olds do not necessarily have the best decision-making capabilities, it felt disappointing. Again, it wasn't a horrible movie, I didn't think. I get it, but it is disappointing, and this is a trend. We can let kids choose their sex when they're five years old, and at five years old, you may have a daughter that, you know, identifies as a dinosaur. So, it's the imagination. When you I think it's at the very least irresponsible. They aren't taking a real life person and a real life 13 year old that can make decisions for themselves. And then I know what's best. And then following that through and find out what really happens in, in their life. It can be perfectly fine. They can find their own way and do something spectacular. Good for you. But more often than not, there's going to be a lot more pain than success so again it goes back to the redemption factor i'll use a a film uh that i did redeeming love now redeeming love had disturbing and even some sexual uh, situations that could be problematic for families the problems in that film or the disturbing issues in that film way outweighed by the redemption factor. So it makes that film work. There's real life balance. I think that Redeeming Love is a great example because it does have a really strong message, a very biblical message. It does have a lot of content. And that's something that that I think a lot of Christian families might not expect, but it's inherent really with the story that they're they're trying to, to tell. And I agree with you. I think that when you have, (laughs) I would even go back to Batman, the latest Batman movie, which I know you've talked with Adam about, but you look at Batman, the latest movie that has come out, it's grim, it's dark. You see some really very gritty elements, and in some ways it can feel R-rated. And yet because of the character of Batman, because of the redemptive arc that I think the movie takes at the end, where Batman realizes that he needs to do more than just beat people up, it makes the movie more resonant. It makes it more powerful, and it makes the darkness in some ways more understandable because the darkness helps illuminate the light that that, that we see in the character. And there you go. And I liken that to a book that you've written I like to bring up when we have conversations that has little to do with movies, but a lot to do with depression, which has become a greater epidemic than the coronavirus could ever have hoped to be in, in our situation. You, when you realize, uh, and you walk through this book with you with such humor, who writes a humorous book on depression? Paul Acey. When you walk through this and walk through your very honest journey, the darkness brings so much more light to and highlight. It, it makes the light just seem all the brighter. Beauty in the Browns is a phenomenal book. And I know it's a sidestep from entertainment, but all the entertainment in the world cannot distract you from the despair and the hopelessness that might you might be battling with inside. There is hope for that. This is a man who's walked through it. You see this humorous, happy, wonderful face, but there's a struggle that uh, my friend Paul has gone through and he shares it so beautifully in Beauty and the Browns. You should pick up that book. Absolutely. That's very nice of you, Michelle. Thank you so much. And I think that's, to to bring it back to movies, that's one of the things that, that movies at their best can do really well.
They take dark situations and they help you see that there is light to be found in them. And and those are the movies often that I really appreciate. And that's where you check your worldview and where we're going to wrap things up because your worldview, when you have a worldview that follows through with that and says, really, there's darkness and there's light. What's the ultimate light? And what is that ultimate hope? It's the God story. And that's what we like to talk about on My Michelle Live. Do not forget, please, to like share, comment, and if there's folks in your world that need a little connection with the God story, well, tune them in. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.